Can you remember how to do one of these? Nope. Let's just go for it. Uh, hello, and welcome to what I guess we are calling uh, season two of Have You Seen? After an extraordinarily long uh, season one of 135 episodes, we are now doing season two. And uh, as you can see, uh, for some reason, we have cameras. Um, I don't know if this video will ever see the light of day, but we decided to record this. Uh, I am still uh, Kieran Lefort, somewhere in South London. And the other shot you're about to see is Tom Webb, who is in deepest Hello. darkest Essex still. Yeah, somewhere in Essex. Although in a different it. house. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. our last episode was released to the public. Well, no, hang on. It, it was recorded on... Uh, oh God. Oh, hang on. January 2017. So episode 134 went out on Christmas Day, I think, 2016. And then we did 135, right. which was No Holds Barred. Yeah. Uh, and that was... Uh, we recorded that in January 2017, and I think I finally released that in May 2020. Yeah. So has anything happened in the past three years? <laughs> oh, fair amount, wouldn't you say? <laughs> uh, you know. I mean, I've been through two jobs, th uh, three flats, and a girlfriend. How about you? Uh, well, you know, I think uh, I we well, my daughter was born in November 2016, so that had just happened. Uh, when we recorded the last mm. shows. Uh, and since then, uh, yeah, I've you know done a couple of office moves, house move, made a documentary, the usual stuff, really. Yeah, yeah. What, er what everybody's been doing. Y yeah, um, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons we haven't done any of this is that we don't work together anymore. We haven't worked together no. for 18 months now. Uh, mm. And I think we've only seen each other once since then, maybe twice. Um, Where I, I came to the uh, oh yeah, you came the for screening. lunch and then yeah, but we had we had oh, lunch, and the lunch didn't yeah, we? yeah, and then and then that's right. Uh, yeah, we went, we went went to the screening of the of the easy bit, didn't we? So at Raindance. Yes. So the, yeah. that was the last time we saw each other. So that was September uh, September twenty nineteen. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Would you like to plug the hell out of your documentary now, or do you want to save it till the end? Oh, you know, we'll save it to the end. Okay. Or I could do it now. Um, what, are, what are kind of the reasons behind getting back into doing this? I mean, this is exactly what the world needs right now, two 40-year-old white men with a podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, clearly. Uh, it's just what everyone's been begging for, uh, really. I think, uh, you know, the overwhelming response... Uh, well, the three, having... the, three, the three people who hit like when I put a picture <laughs> of a zombie hand coming out of a grave on Twitter... And that was yeah. just because I'd felt I was trying to upload the archive because yeah, like our um, our um, old iTunes feed went down. Our old host mm. just disappeared and took with it everything. Yeah. And as I've mentioned on Twitter and on Facebook and on the website, we don't actually have a complete collection. Uh, oh. There is a page on the website that lists uh, everything we are missing. Um, but yeah, it amounts to about 25 episodes that we just do not have copies of. And I was just trying to get everything back online. Uh, and then like the idea came, it's like, yeah, why don't we do some more? I mean, you know, we, we've been crazy, crazy busy. Like, yes. like, like we just, you know, and yeah. we just haven't had, really had time. And 
now, you know, what with the coronavirus and lockdown. Um, yeah, we should say we are at a little bit more time. It is uh, June 2020 and uh, officially uh, the country is still in lockdown, although apparently I could be your single person in a coronavirus bubble if you really wanted. That, that's true. You could but it's be. highly unlikely that I'm going to make the six hour round trip to come and see you. <laughs> no, no. Fair enough. Uh, you know, yeah, it, oh, God knows what's going on with these rules. But yeah, we, I mean, we've been locked down since March. So, you know, it, it's, um, yeah, you know, yeah. finding a bit I, of extra I time. I haven't seen, I haven't seen anybody whose first name and surname I know since March the 6th. I haven't That's left crazy. my flat for any reason other than to buy food at the supermarket since March the 6th. And I That's go out wild. every 10 to 14 days. That's it. Yeah. I'm getting yeah, well, very familiar with my neighbours' taste in music. We, we, we did our house move under lockdown. Oh, so that yeah. Was, yeah. How know, was that? That was crazy. Oh, that was just not fun at all. Because, you know, we, we'd, we'd started the process and we got halfway through it. Hmm. Uh, and then uh, it was just like, oh, no, no, you're locked down. And, but we still had to carry on. But everybody else who was going to help just couldn't. So we just ended up, me yeah. and my wife. Yeah. Uh, trying to move a house and look after our daughter so yeah i have to say 2020 has been utterly shit so far it's been absolutely fucking terrible i had so many plans for this like i finally got a pretty decently paying job i had a whole load of traveling i was going to do um I actually still need to get refunds on plane tickets to New York and back and a separate mini trip within the US wow. that I paid for. Um, I uh, I think I paid for all of those tickets approximately one week before lockdown was announced. And, wow. and like Trump shut the borders to the US. So uh, that's not happening. Yeah. yeah, I had so many yeah. things I was going to do. Um, I have... <laughs> Uh, I still do the same type of work as I used to do. Um, I have been directing a lot of people via Skype. Fair. <laughs> yeah. um, and they still find me a lot of things to edit, funnily enough. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Keeping busy, though. I mean, oh, yeah, I've, I've pretty much, you know, been having family time, which has been great. And, yeah. you know, spending time with my daughter and my wife and looking after my daughter has yeah. been great so you know and i guess you kind of have to look at the silver lining there because there'll be so exactly. many if this is a normal year you'd be one of the so many parents who would just be going to work every day and not spending this quality time with your family exactly yeah yeah so i'm kind of, i've kind of i feel like you know it, it, it you know there's, there's been definite a definite bonus to yeah. the lockdown for for us but yeah know. i don't know uh, i don't know if i'm missing human contact so much but i really wish i still had a cat Right, nice. Yeah, yeah. No, I have to say, I'm I'm not that fussed about uh, human contact, particularly. Mm. I know um, my wife struggles with that sort of thing more, and my daughter definitely does as well. She's really missing school and the friends. Yeah, yeah. and, and they like, both my, had enough of you. Yeah, yeah. So they locked you in Absolutely. this room and made you talk to me for an hour. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, things you might hear during uh, this recording and any subsequent recordings. Uh, my neighbours downstairs like to play music quite loud. My neighbour upstairs uh, does an hour's workout every day quite loudly. Uh, there is uh, Somebody frequently does DIY nearby. Right. Uh, the, some piece of furniture is being put together in another flat in this building. And there's a mouse in the wall uh, that adjoins this flat to the building next door. Uh, right. And it sounds like it's playing Yahtzee. It sounds like it's rolling <laughs> dice around all the time. No. Yeah. So those yeah, are the I, 
I've no idea if you'll hear any extraneous noises from this house. We'll just have to see. Mm. Hopefully the, the web ladies are sleeping. Yeah, yeah to be fine. Another reason we decided to do this is because it turned out we both owned the same film and had never seen it. Yes. So we thought, why don't we uh, beat a dead horse, resurrect an old zombie, uh, and talk about it and release that to the public? And that kind of ballooned into, let's. I think we should be straight up front, this is not going to be a run of 135 episodes, or like a no. never-ending series. We've decided to do a short season of 10 episodes. Uh, we know what the first film is. We know what the last film is. Uh, things in the middle are a bit, um, well, they are, they are, you know, pit, two Fluid. pitches per week the way as it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I um, think it's a good way to start. I think so too. Uh, and, you know, if this one's crap, you'll never get to see it or hear it. <laughs> because I, I'll be buggered if I can remember how to do this. Yeah. We should probably start talking about a film. Yeah, we should. Um, so the film... Uh, and my circle of school friends uh, will probably disown me when they hear this. We, neither of us had ever seen Time Bandits from start to finish. Nope. Um, I'd never seen it at all. You'd not seen any of it? I thought I had. I thought, yes. I'm pretty sure, I was like, I'm sure I've seen bits of it. Sure I have. And I think I might have seen stills from it, and I kind of obviously knew the premise. Yeah. But I think what I thought I'd seen was actually um, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. And I don't think I've seen that start to finish either. I've seen some of it. I remember, I th I'm pretty certain I've watched it. I'm pretty certain I didn't really get into it. I didn't really mm. like it that much. Um, so I can't, when we were talking about doing this, I was kind of like, oh, I think I might have seen a bit. I'm not sure I'm going to like it, but mm. we'll see. And, and, okay. and it turned out as I was watching it that I'm pretty sure I haven't seen any of this before. <laughs> so, uh, what is the premise of Time Bandits? Do you want me to do it? Are you yeah, do it? yeah, I do. You can do some bloody work on this show. Okay, well, the premise of Time Bandits is there's uh, a young boy who um, lives with his parents. His parents are very technology-obsessed, particularly with kitchen kitchen utilities and they they're very much keeping up with the joneses and want the best and the latest and the newest thing but he's often off in not really a fantasy land but he loves history so it's mm. lots of things about the greeks and the romans and the, you know and it, it's it, he's fascinated by uh big events within history and um one night a load of little people rock up and essentially kidnap him through time um, it's sort of like Bill and Ted. I was going to say one night six short lads fall out of his wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, you yeah. know, it, it it kind of reminded me a lot of Bill and Ted in that kind of it set up that you know you're jumping through yeah. time and space and uh, you know going on this wacky adventure um, and it essentially it's good versus evil. Ultimately, there's the supreme yeah. being and there's the the, the, the evil the genius sort of he's evil that, genius as yeah, is the, pure uh, the evil. force of darkness yeah, uh, yeah. brilliantly played by David Warner and yeah so yeah. it's kind of uh, yeah it's kind of um, kind of fairy tale-esque I think and yeah very mm. very Terry Gilliam kind of what yes. I would expect it is it's interesting it is it seemed to me it was caught in between uh, Madcap Python Gilliam and proper mm. filmmaker Gilliam. I was going to say, I think that might be down to the fact the script was written by Michael Palin and Terry Gilliam. Yes, it might be. 
So one of the happened things that's happened since we've been gone is we did we did Lost in La Mancha as part of the original series. Mm. Um, uh, Terry Gilliam has finally got his uh, Don Quixote movie made and released. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen it. It was anything. finally I mean, released early this year and then everybody went into lockdown. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen I, I don't think I've even seen a trailer from it. I think I've seen some stills and I've stuff seen like that. Tra- there was a trailer released, I think, in Italian. Right. I've i I've definitely seen a trailer with um other um another language on it. Right. Yeah, what did I put so okay, hang on. I I made I'm I'm going off on a tangent, but I made some quick notes. So um of the stuff we originally did, uh, five of those properties have been turned into TV shows. Oh, wow. West, Westworld, What We Do in the Shadows, The Punisher, Time After Time, and there's now an American miniseries remake of Dust Boot. Wow, okay. Um, the Intouchables got an American remake. Yeah. Uh, Terry Gilliam got his Don Quixote movie made and released. The guy who made Beyond the Black Rainbow found critical acclaim and success with Mandy Stone, Nicolas Cage, and the Howard the Duck character is now officially part of the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were trendsetters. Just that's all we were. Was. Everyone listening to our podcast going, oh, we should revive all these properties. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah, exactly. I wish they'd listen to us rather than doing that. Because <laughs> yeah. we do not need Howard the Duck. <laughs> no. What? So... Going back to Time Bandits, what was your yeah. what was your overall reaction to it? Did you like it or were you I liked some of it. Mm. Um I overall I thought it was a bunch of ideas in search of A a story and B a budget. Okay, yeah, it's interesting you say that. The budget was five million dollars. Yeah. Which is or not a five, lot of money. Five thousand, does it look like five million? Well, five million in nineteen eighty-one is much yeah. more than five million is in twenty twenty. Yeah, absolutely, is. But I, I also would say that you know when you look at Terry Gilliam's production design, like every penny of that is on the screen to varying degrees of yeah, you know, success in terms of how it looks. But like the, he, all of his, like any of his movies all of the money seems to go pushing all the production design and yeah it's um yeah i it, it seems to me that no matter what what movie he's making it is always a struggle to get it made and he's never got as much money yeah. as he needs for his vision and you know he he's one of those filmmakers i lump in that class of i'm not sure i necessarily like the films that he makes but i like the fact that he's out there making those films does that make sense i understand that yeah, a bit I, like David Lynch. So like, I don't really like a lot of his movies, but I like the fact that there's someone out there that can make but those someone movies. like that should have the freedom to put their ideas it, out. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I have to say, out of yeah. all of the Gilliam stuff I've seen, this is probably one that I like one well, possibly the most. Aside, ignoring Python okay. movies, um, I wouldn't say I loved it, I, but I enjoyed I it more than I thought I would. Is my favourite. Yeah, of my I head. can't. I, but I'm a time I've, travel if, geek. Yeah, I've definitely seen that, and I remember enjoying it. I can't remember. I don't know if I watched it back now whether I would like it as much as I did. I think I think the one that um, I sort of revere the most is Fisher King. I think that seems to be the one that is everything that Gilliam should be. Like it's got that um, he's got that fantasy element but he's also got this gritty realist side to it and it's got this exploration of a real human condition in it so i think that's the one that i like the most uh, but i was surprised that i enjoyed this 
Yeah, I've seen I've seen Fisher King once, and I remember liking it. And it, but it's something I I've meant to watch again and never got around to. Yeah, it's kind of a movie you need to be in the right frame of mind to watch. I think it's a definite kind of quite possibly, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it, you know, yeah. You've got it. You've got it. It's not something you're just going to stick on for fun. <laughs> no, no, I guess not. Um, mm. all right, we should make our way through uh, through Time Bandits. Yeah, I'm not sure I could do it chronologically. Um, well, I kind of, I mean, I just, I slapped down notes as I went along. Uh, I mean, I started with it. It's the only time you'll ever see John Cleese get billed above Sean Connery. Thank God for the alphabet. Yes, yeah, yeah I noticed <laughs> that. And I was just like, huh? Um, yeah, and because I and most really... Of the, most of the big names in this are only in it for two or three scenes. Yeah, they're, they're cameos, essentially. Yeah. Um, you know, there's John Cleese, Sean Connery, Ian Holm. You know, they're, they're kind of, you know, the, the mm. sort of big names at the front. And, and like you say, it's all in alphabetical order and you're kind of thinking, oh, well, I didn't realise that they were in it so much. And then they're just not. So you kind mm. of, yeah. No, John Cleese has one scene, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And do you know what? I think that might be my favourite scene. Just him as the as the as Robin Hood. It is Hood very good. Kind of, I like it. I, you know. Yeah, he's essentially he's essentially playing Robin Hood as like a minor royal. Yes. Yeah. I think he's, but he was based on uh, <laughs> some footage of the Duke of Kent congratulating footballers at a football match when he had <laughs> zero interest in football. Yes. And I think they found some footage of him just and the way he weighed his way along the line. And yeah, I thought that was really, really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I whole really redistribution that. of wealth scene is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did like that. And also um, I noticed that one of the filming locations was Epping Forest, which is very close to where I grew up. And I wondered mm-hmm. if they filmed some of that there. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, it's just that I think that that I, I really enjoyed. And I, I thought Connery was good. Yeah, he's he was fine. I like Michael Palin actually. Yes, yes. And I like that. I like. I wish they'd done. They'd made more of a running joke out of uh, him and his lover appearing in various time periods. Yeah, I think I feel like there probably was, and mm. things because I know there was a futuristic scene that got cut right. for budget reasons, mm-hmm. and I think there might have been a couple of other bits and pieces that were cut, and I imagine that they they were might have been cold but yeah you're right i expected that to be a much more of a running gag i thought it was him, very funny him, him screaming i must have fruit have me yeah. roaring with laughter <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i was trying to think whether this would have been something i would have liked as a kid i was um, trying to think that too i was trying to work out what the audience for this is yeah because it's it's uh, it's quite Roald Dahl-esque in mm. it's 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 slightly fairy tale it's quite dark it's um, for kids who like creepy things yeah i think yeah and there's just yeah there's just some dark twists and turns in it and Mm. dark elements and i feel like i would have enjoyed bits of it but other bits i wouldn't have quite liked so i'm not sure i'm it's the sort of thing i might have watched a couple of times as a kid but it wouldn't have been like a a movie on a vhs in constant rotation like yeah you see i know people who who love this Mm. i can see why Um, yeah, but I was kind of, I don't know, I like some of it. So I like, the central premise is great. Mm. Uh, a gang of would-be thieves use a map of holes in the fabric of the universe to jump through time and commit heists. You yeah. could make a great grown-up thriller out of that, a Absolutely. proper sci-fi movie. The, the other thing I was going to say, what I love about that is the premise of it is, even though it's a very complicated thing, fabric of space, time travel, mm. and essentially jumping through uh, space as well as time, but yeah. they 
don't even really explain that. It's just like we have a map, there are the doors, we go through them, we're somewhere else. And it's as simple yeah. as that. And it doesn't get bogged down in mm. all of that sort of science or supernatural element. And I, and I like that. It's they, they just keep it really, you just like, mm. okay. And you just accept it and go with it. You know? Yeah. And that, that, that part of it makes, a, for what it is, makes a lot of sense. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. Uh, I did wonder why this was a PG and then a firing squad appeared on my screen. Yes. <laughs> Those were the bits I was just like, oh, okay. But then, you know, you think back to like the original cuts of things like Indiana Jones and... Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, but Spiel- the, 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 there's, and- the MPAA has always had the Spielberg rule. Yeah. Like Spielberg can get away with more than everybody else. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. So the, I definitely remember seeing over the years or as a kid um the uh the the dwarves pushing the kids wall back mm. uh, i remember that and then the face of the supreme being chasing them down the corridor right yeah and incidentally that effect of the supreme being's face is still pretty good for today yeah 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 i think um this enormous glowing face yeah yeah again i think that the you know for a film of its time it, it it stands up pretty well in terms of that element of it, like the effects mm. and the, the the visuals, because Gilliam is such a visual director. Like there it's... is there is some almost good stop motion towards the end where right. the gang are approaching uh, Evil's castle, mm. and the the figures walking along the bridge aren't actually people. Right, they're, okay. they're little stop motion blobs. Right, okay, yeah. Uh, and you only notice if you really look at it. It's very clever. Yeah, and there's some like, incredible like matte paintings and yeah. all sorts of stuff in there. And you know, I like that that building has um, uh, so that a lot of that final scene, the the building is made of elements that you will have seen in Kevin's bedroom at the start. So there's yeah, like Lego I, bricks and it didn't really that didn't really occur to me what to, until we cut back to the bedroom. Yeah, uh, and I one of my notes is why the hell are there giant Lego bricks in Evil's castle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was quite nice, and it kind of makes it a bit more. Oh, uh, is it is it a dream reality or a fantasy rather than actual time travel? Which is yeah. it blurs that line and gets Especially away. Especially when with Sean Connery it. turns up again mm. at the end after being Agamemnon in the Greece scene, then yeah. uh, shows up as a fireman at the end. Yeah, and and presumably the same person because he gives gives Kevin a, a wink and that kind of stuff. So I I, I yeah, was quite surprised I guess- that I, I was kind of thinking, oh well, maybe he'll just take him in and become his dad because that was what was. You know, in, yeah. in ancient Greece, that was what was going to happen. He makes Kevin his son. And it was like, I thought that would be a nice, neat little ending, but he just leaves him there. And I was just be like, oh, okay. The ending the ending was one of the things I had a problem with. Yeah. Your happy ending is a kid's house burning down and watching his parents explode right in front of him. Yeah. And apparently... And then everybody abandons him. Yeah. I, that's the same. And I, what I just the like, fuck was that? I was just like... Oh, oh this sh- is after, hold on, literal deus ex machina... Yeah. where the heroes don't even defeat the villain, God appears and kills the villain, and that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. What? <laughs> and when he turns up, like, when God turns up, Kevin asks him, why did everyone have to die? Like, why did all these people have to die? And God just doesn't really give a shit. He's just like, well, yeah. it's just like collateral damage. And, it, and yeah. it's just like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So, you know, I quite like the fact that they weren't portraying a god as this benign, benevolent being. Yeah. He was just like, I, I've got, I'm busy. 
I'm trying to get this entire universe to work. I don't care about the minutia of a few people dying. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of quite like that element of it, but you're right. It is just a bit like, oh, God turns up and defeats everyone. And then, yeah, you're, the, the, the parents yeah. dying, I was just like, oh, okay. And that's why yeah. I thought, oh, he's going to get to be taken in by Sean Connery. He'll care for him. And, and that doesn't happen either. And I was just like, oh. No, he's just an orphan left standing on yeah. his front lawn with everybody either dead or leaving him. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty downer ending. Yeah, yeah, it really was, yeah. Yeah. I, it's interesting. I, I, I do wonder what kids would make of it watching it now. If you like someone yeah. around, like, eight, nine, ten, whether they'd get into it or not. Yeah. Um, so that kid who played Kevin, mm. I looked him up. He only did one other movie right. two years after this one. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's it. And then like, there was no more, did no more acting. Also, I, he was rubbish. Uh, I, thought, I thought he was fine. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't the worst child actor I've seen. He wasn't no, the best no. either. No. Um, you know, but I think it's, uh, it's, it's a tricky, I mean, you know, he was leading that movie to an extent. It's a tricky thing yeah. for him to, to, to pull off, really. And he yeah, wasn't an actor. So. No, he was, uh, I think his he brother was either the audition. Oh really? That's I, what I, I think he was either eleven or twelve at the yeah. time as well. And, yeah. and, and, he, and having he, not done anything before, right? No, so his brother was auditioning for it and he just happened to be there. Wow. And Gilliam liked liked his attitude. Because hmm. he just wasn't overly phased by it until he met Sean Connery and then he got then he got really <laughs> kind of starstruck apparently. But as you Yeah, do but we Sean met Connery Sean Connery and yeah. it was a bit difficult to stay composed when he just appears in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that man has presence, even he at the indeed. age of eighty, whatever it was when we saw him. Yeah, yeah, uh, I like David Warner a lot, yes. and I actually quite like the ca- the character of the evil genius. Like, mm. I like his obsession with technology. Yeah, There's a great bit where his one of his underlings is like, "What do you want to have understanding of, Master?" And he just goes, "Digital watches." <laughs> My favorite quote from him is, "Dear Benson, you are so mercifully free of the rag- ravages of intelligence." <laughs> yes. I thought that was really good. Also, I think we just started saying things like 43 species of parrot, nipples for men. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought he was great. And because, uh, you know, one of my favorite all time movies as a kid growing up was Tron. And he's right. very similar in that. Like, he's, he's the big bad guy. And so he yeah. was always, he's always been that kind of British villain to, to, to me. It's, so it's yeah. really funny because he famously hates sci fi and fantasy. Mm. I can imagine. I bet it's all he gets cast in. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like David Warner a lot. Yeah. He has these things towards the end. So he's got his regular band of lackeys. Why do all movie villains have dumb lackeys? I like, don't they don't know. employ anybody intelligent. They're always stupid. And, like, yeah. his, his gang are particularly dumb. Yeah. But he has these, like, giant cattle skull death eater things with hook hands. Yeah. Oh my God, they're the stuff of nightmares. I know. See, that's the point where now I'm like, okay, now that would have terrified me as a child. So yeah. this was, wouldn't be for me as a kid. And then there's no. other bits where I'm like, oh, I would have loved that. So yeah, yeah, that's why I'm still not sure who it's for, really. He also has some very weird defense mechanisms, like a knife on a mechanical arm that comes out of his head. Yeah. That's... Actually, that effect is done really well. Yeah, there's some of that stuff is really good. I don't, I, mm. You just, what? yeah, I... Again, it's Terry Gilliam's brain, right? It's just, yeah. it's just bonkers. He does prove in the final scene though that he can't do action, even <laughs> even back in nineteen eighty one. Like yeah. it was the, that final battle was just horrible to yeah. watch. 
Uh, the other person I quite liked was uh, Ian Holm as yes. uh, Napoleon. Yeah. They are all freaks. None of them are under five foot six. <laughs> the, uh, I, I, I read a thing that Terry Gilliam had to remove himself from set when Ian Holm was doing some of his scenes because he just... He just found it Couldn't too funny, laughing. and and yeah. and and he he was just bleeding all over the sound because he was laughing so loudly and so hard. Mm. Um, he is really good. Yeah, very very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, the one of the gags that also made me laugh was like Napoleon wants to applaud, but he's only got one arm, <laughs> so one of his aides offers up an extra hand for him to clap against. Yeah, yeah. yeah there are some really good little sight gags and just little mm. you know, one-liners and stuff. Again, like it's a load, it's a bunch of ideas that just don't, that for me just didn't pull together as yeah. a story. Which, I mean, you know, look at any, any Monty Python movie. Yeah, you exactly. Know, even Life of Brian has those elements of segments to it. Life of Brian, what I always forget about Life of Brian is that G- uh, Brian gets in a rocket mm. and it becomes an animated sequence for 10 minutes, part e- of it. Exactly, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I think of those um, Holy Grail holds together the best. Yeah, I think uh, that was always my favourite. I think. Yeah. Holy Grail. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I always like that one best. Um, I think there's some excellent bits in Life of Brian, but I always preferred Holy Grail. Mm. Yeah. Uh, got any other nuggets mm. to add? Not really. I, it was one of those movies that I was just like, "Yeah, it's all right." Which, you know, I'm glad I've seen it. I yeah. don't know when I'm ever going to watch it again. You know, it's filled a gap in my film history. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I but feel, I, I don't feel, like feel the need to revisit. We're it. starting season two with a bang of, yeah. <laughs> in with a whimper. That's what we like. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So you know, yeah, it was it was pretty good. It was, I I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Put it that way. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, should we do pitches? Yeah, if you want to. Yeah. That's generally right. how the show works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, some may think this is a bit of a setup <laughs> when they find out what the pitches are for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am pitching Tom uh, About Time, uh, which is a film I really enjoy. Mm. Uh I don't remember when I first saw it. This might have been one of my rare trips to the cinema. Oh, yeah. Um, this film. Uh, I have seen it four or five times. Right. And every time I see something else in it that I haven't seen before. Oh, okay. And I just find it... It's time travel, mm. which is my favorite sci-fi genre. But this is a really rare thing. It is a sci-fi time travel film that has no sci in it. Okay. All right. There is no science to the time travel in this movie. Okay. Interesting. I've always, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, obviously, I think I saw a trailer for it when it first came out. I have a feeling I might have filmed the premiere for it. Right. Um, One of us probably did. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I, but I just kind of dismissed it as a Richard, Richard Curtis rom-com. And I kind and of he did too. Kind of chucked in the time travel element just to make it different from every other Richard Curtis rom com. Hmm. Yeah, it um, is, it's very Richard Curtis. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of posh people being amusingly posh. Okay, um, but it's also full of heart and great performances. And it, uh, the other rarity about this is everybody on the screen has tremendous chemistry with everybody else they interact with. Oh, okay, interesting. It's it's amazingly cast. Right. Um, so the premise is shortly after he turns 21, uh, Tim's dad sits him down and tells him the family secret. 
With some caveats, all of the men in the family have the ability to travel back in time. Right. And Tim decides to use his version of it to get himself a girlfriend. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Tim is played by Donald Gleason, mm-hmm. who is always a uh, good value for money. Yeah. Uh, we saw him in Ex Machina back in yes. season one. Yeah. Um, Tim's dad is played by Bill Nye. Mm-hmm. He's always um, good. Yes, he's always good. Um, who else is in, turns up in this? Tom Hollander, mm-hmm. uh, Rachel McAdams, uh, and in an early role, Margot Robbie. Oh, uh, right, okay. Um, yeah, uh, what do I like about it? I love the uh, uh, I love the writing of it. I do have some problems with it, but we'll discuss that next week. Okay. Uh, but overall, um, like, I am a cold-hearted son of a bitch. Yes. And this warms that little piece of wow. black coal in my chest. It, it, it's funny. I, I, I'll i be honest. I would usually just completely dismiss this movie. Okay. Uh, I'm not a massive Richard Curtis fan. I'm not a massive... Neither am I. I can't... I think this is the only Richard Curtis film I've seen start to finish. I, I've never seen... Oh, God. Name some others. What's the, the stupid one? The Christmas... Never seen that all the way through. Love Actually... Never seen that all the way through. I saw that in the cinema. That was weird. But they're not, not good. <laughs> um, and uh, Notting Hill. Never seen that. No, I haven't either. Um, yeah, but so when you pitch me a rom-com, hmm. I'm always like, okay, there must be something special about this. <laughs> so, yeah, you've, you've pitched you know my interest. An unromantic bastard it, Well, I exactly, am. yes. Yeah. Yeah, quite yeah. clearly. Yeah. You know. I, 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 it takes a lot to, to impress me when it comes to romantic comics. Well, I mean... But looking back it, at... The, when Harry met Sally. Yeah, but looking back at season one, a lot of the rom-coms you pitched me ended up becoming some of my favourite films that we covered. Like Shall We Dance Sue is yeah. right up there. So I think that is that is probably overall the best film we covered throughout our first 135 episodes in terms of our, our, our both of our mm. reactions to it. Yeah, one of definitely one of yeah. Yeah, yeah. I need to. I keep meaning to watch that again. Actually, yeah. I haven't seen it for. I probably haven't seen it since we covered it on the show no. about six years ago. <laughs> no, I need to watch it again. I do need to watch yeah. it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so. I don't know how much else I have to add to the pitch. No. Like that's it. Like no. it's just it's a it is a romant- romantic comedy yeah. and it is a science fiction time travel film. Yeah, so, but not in the way you're expecting. I think. Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind. Of, do you know what I would have? I would have thought it would be exactly what I'm thinking. But because you've pitched it, I'm like, okay, there must be more to this. There must be more okay. to it than what I think it is. So we'll see. Um. So you've covered off time. Yeah. I'm going to cover off the other half of the, this title <laughs> with a movie that I cannot believe you have never seen. I, I cannot believe you've never seen Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, yeah, this is doubly unbelievable because I've had your DVD of it for at least five years. <laughs> I know. And I just like... It's not even a movie that I think you're going to love. Like, I mean, you might hate it. I don't, I just can't believe you haven't seen it. And it's just because, you know, when we were growing up, movies like that, I'm sure that we, one day at my flat in college, you and I had a conversation about Hal Needham movies. We may well have done. So I know I have seen some some or all of a Smokey and the Bandit film. I just don't think it's the first one. Okay. I have definitely seen 
Sabo or the Smokey and the Bandit 3 when I was a child, right. and I was massively confused by the concept of a fake bandit. Okay, right, yes. <laughs> yeah, out of context, that makes it's sense. Because it's, it, it's not Burt Reynolds no. until the very end of that film, is it? No, no, no. No. And I, that's the only bit I remember. It's yeah. like, it's not Burt Reynolds, and then Burt yeah. Reynolds shows up, and then that's the end. Okay, fair and enough. And there's some car chases. Yeah. I, I mean, to be, like, to be honest, Smoking the Bandit is essentially just an hour and a half episode of The Dukes of Hazard before The Dukes of Hazard existed. <laughs> okay. I, I'm, I'm not going to tell you that it's an amazing, amazing film. It's a fun movie. It's... 77? Yeah. Uh, there's like there's an interesting 76, fact 76. about it, which I'll tell you next week. Um, All right, but it's it's um it's one of those. It's just a fun movie. There's car chases. There's a bit of romance to it, so it's kind of a rom com mm. as well. Um, mm. It you know the uh, the basic pr- plot of the movie is two uh, two guys who think they're the the, the big thing, a, a father and son team, Big Enus and Little Enus. Uh, one basically they're just showing off they've got a horse running in a horse race and they plan on winning that horse race and they want to celebrate so they need 400 cases of beer but when you're in georgia and you want to show off how wealthy you are you want coors because coors wasn't sold in atlanta it wasn't allowed to be because apparently it was unpasteurized and it was it was illegal to sell coors in certain states of america I have been to Atlanta. Yep. It's an odd place. Yes. You cannot buy Pepsi anywhere in Atlanta. Mm, it's not. a Coca-Cola town. Yeah. And uh, so what they do, they get the bandit, who is a man who is just ego and charm in equal measures. Uh, <laughs> and they say to him, you've got 28 hours to drive to uh, what's the name? Uh, Texarkana in Texas, pick up 400 cases of beer and bring them back. I don't think they ever actually mentioned how far it is to go, but it's obviously that it, it shouldn't be a, able to do it in a, in a rig. If I wasn't scared of eating up all the bandwidth, I'd get on Google Maps right Yeah, yeah fine. Um, so uh, he basically has a truck, and then the premise is he, his mate Cletus drives the truck, and uh, Bandit gets in a V8 Trans Am, and he runs Blocker. And essentially his job okay. is to make sure the police are distracted away from the beer so that they don't get caught and it's as simple as that go there come back done so like run as many red lights as you can yeah. if you see a cop run red lights like exactly, annoy him yeah. give him the finger show you show him your bum yeah yeah that kind of stuff just, just keep away like from lunatic. the truck and you know yeah, okay and i grew up watching shows like duke's hazard and night yeah. rider and 18 and all that kind of stuff uh, yeah, the cars, the star type show. Exactly, and I love all of those car. shows in the eighties had a had a yeah. signature vehicle. Even going back as far as Starsky and Hutch. It, it, exactly, yeah, Starsky and Hutch, another one, and then uh, then obviously movies like Cannibal Run and Smoking the Bandit, where it's mm-hmm. just car chases and that kind of mm. stuff. So for me, hearing a roaring V eight engine with screeching tires and manic banjo music over the top is like a just sensory <laughs> transportation back to my childhood. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's just a fun movie and we should talk about it cause you know, why not? Well, all right. Um, would you like five minutes of floor time to talk about the easy bit? Oh yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, you've got to have a, you've been interviewed all over the place. You've got to have a sales pitch like <laughs> 
down pat by now. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, I guess. So whilst we've been off air, one of the projects I've been working on is a feature length documentary. My first feature length documentary, in fact. Um, and it's about what it's like for men to go through fertility treatment. So it's kind of a taboo subject. It's not something that many people talk about. And it's very rare for men to talk about something like this. Um, so it kind of explores uh, what it's like for a man to find out that he might not be able to conceive a child naturally. And then it follows through the process of how you go through a round of fertility treatment from start to end. And it follows six guys and they they all talk about what it's like. And they, they literally just talk straight to camera openly and honestly about it. Um, and it's just been released in April on, uh, it's currently on for rental on Vimeo On Demand. There we go. Uh, I have. To, I don't think I've seen the final version. I've seen two cuts of it, mm. and again, it affected the black lump of coal in my. I don't care about children. I don't right. want children ever. They repulse me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's very affecting. Mm. I'm not saying this because I'm like it's my friend's film. Like mm. it's it's a really affecting and interesting documentary about. A subject I have I have no interest in. Well, that's that's good to hear. Like, I've I've had a lot of yeah. feedback from people who have been through it, and 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 also like clinicians, mm. like who who treat people mm. with infertility and stuff like that. And it's been quite eye opening for a lot of people, I think. And mm. so that's I'm really pleased with that. And yeah, it's available for people to go and watch. It's called the Easy Bit, uh, for reasons that will become apparent if you watch the movie. And uh, yeah, Vimeo on demand. So there we go. Um, I realise I should have written down the uh, actual plugs I need to do for this show. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I have not. Uh, so I'm going to have to do it all from memory. This is how much the world has changed since we started doing this. We used to do this in a soundproof studio. Uh, we used to need someone to help us get it on the internet. Um, and we had no way of doing video. And now we are live video chatting with each other yeah. and recording better quality video that we can cut together um, with no need for a studio and it's completely free and incredibly easy for us now to get this online. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been a Which shift. was unthinkable. It was unthinkable when we started and almost unthinkable when we finished. Well, you know, we record, I know that I think they were released in 2011, but we recorded the first shows yeah. in 2010. So like a decade yeah. ago. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we recorded yeah. a bunch before Christmas and we, I think we launched them. So maybe the first ones were out in December. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So it's been yeah. 10 years since we did the original first few episodes. So Lord. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, I believe the speech should go something like, uh, if you have seen uh, About Time or... Um, Smoking about it. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, that used to happen every week as well. I forget one of the film names. If you have seen About Time or Smoking and the Bandit, uh, you can send us your reviews to... Uh, you can do it on Twitter. We are at HYS Podcast. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash have you seen podcast. And we have an email address, which I believe is hyspodcast at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. uh, We're also at hyspodcast on Instagram now. Oh, yes. That's a new thing that, that he set up. Um, he has set up uh, because I'm a Luddite and do not understand Instagram. Uh, <laughs> just I think that's all we need to plug. We don't need to plug a social media. Thanks, social media manager anymore. No. We don't need to thank a studio technician anymore no. or someone to get it on the internet. No. Like, it's, it's just us now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there's nobody to rein us in. No, not at all. 
Um, so I guess we will uh, we will see each other and we will see you uh, next week when we talk about time and Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. Bye. Bye.